Oh yeah, Chip. We got it, Eric. We got this. Yes, we got it. You got it. They got it. Someone's Happy Monday. It. Hey, this is Chip and Eric. Read through the Bible. Hi. Hey, hello. Yeah, and friends, except none of our friends are here. We're not here today. It's kind of sad. No. Yeah. Uh, it is Monday. It is Monday. Speaking of Monday, it is day 22, and we're going to read Exodus 1, 2, 3, uh-huh. new book of the Bible, uh-huh. and John, still in John, Gospel of John, 11, chapter 11, 1 through 17. Big shout out Yay. to Rachel Prouty. Rachel. First year. Boom. She's all in. Proud of you. Proudy of you. Is that two? Is that? Good job, Rachel. Yeah, Rachel. Way to read through the crushing it. Yeah. So thank you for joining us, and thank you for everyone else who's joining us this year. Yep. Listen, this is the thing. I'm listening. January, read through the Bible. Yeah. Easy. Oh. I'm in. Oh. I'm going to read the Bible. Oh. It's a new year. Yeah. It's a new me, as uh-huh. you always say, Chip. Yeah, that's right. New year, new yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to read through the Bible. All right. February? Whoa. Okay. Oh. All right. This year's different, Aaron. We're yeah. mixing it up this year. We are mixing it up, Chip. It's I've gonna, been telling you you have it's to. It's going to refresh things for people. Yes. February so, is going to be like the new January. Yes. <laughs> Listen, here's another thing. You go to work all week, yep. Monday, easy to read through the easy. Bible. Easy. You throw it on on your way to work. Yep. Saturday. Uh-oh. Mm. Sleep it in. Donuts and Droomers. Forget to listen. <laughs> yes. Uh-oh. So I want to encourage you guys, make it part of your routine every single day. Read the Bible. Read the Bible. Join us. Read on your own. Every day, read the Bible. Ooh. Chip's cheering along. Cheering. I have one more shout out and then I can be done. Okay, because we got to go. It's my dad's birthday. Hey! Happy birthday, Tim. <laughs> Tim Mosher. Tim Mosher, amazing. Yes, thank you. Is he going to be a reader this year? Yes. Okay. Yes. Can't wait. My mom and dad That's will both great. be readers oh, this year. they are going to be phenomenal. I thought about having them on Mother's Day and Father's Day. Okay. That's going to be the cool highest attended reading day we've had. Probably. Guaranteed. I don't think it's going to be hard to top Glenda. I'm calling it now. It's going to be hard to top Glenda. Glenda's amazing. She had the 200 listens one day. She's amazing. We might give her her own show in a couple of years. Yeah. But, uh, but hey. Fireside Bible dad, with Glenda. Yeah, that's right. Your mom and dad, it's going to like. Oh, it's going to be crazy. It's going to tip the scale. Yeah. I can't wait. <laughs> All right. Hey, speaking of not being able to wait, let's read the Bible. Let's do it. The book of Exodus, chapter one, the Israelites in Egypt. These are the names of the sons of Israel, that is Jacob, who moved to Egypt with their father, each with his family, Reuben, Simeon. Levi, Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, Benjamin, Dan, Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. In all, Jacob had 70 descendants in Egypt, including Joseph, who was already there. In time, Joseph and all his brothers died, ending that entire generation. But their descendants, the Israelites, had many children and grandchildren. In fact, they multiplied so greatly that they became extremely powerful and filled the land. Eventually, a new king came to power in Egypt who knew nothing about Joseph or what he had done. He said to his people, look, The people of Israel now outnumber us and are stronger than we are. We must make a plan to keep them from growing even more. If we don't, and if war breaks out, they will join our enemies and fight against us. Then they will escape from the country. So the Egyptians made the Israelites their slaves. They appointed brutal slave drivers over them, hoping to wear them down with crushing labor. They forced them to build the cities of Pithom and Ramesses as supply centers for the king. But... The more the Egyptians oppressed them, the more the Israelites multiplied and spread, and the more alarmed the Egyptians became. So the Egyptians worked the people of Israel without mercy. They made their lives bitter, forcing them to mix mortar and make bricks and do all the work in the fields. They were ruthless in all their demands. Then Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, gave this order to the Hebrew midwives, Shiphrah and Puah, 
When you help the Hebrew women as they give birth, watch as they deliver. If the baby is a boy, kill him. If it's a girl, let her live. Because, but because the midwives feared God, they refused to obey the king's orders. They allowed the boys to live too. So the king of Egypt called for the midwives. Why have you done this? He demanded. Why have you allowed the boys to live? The Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, the midwives replied. They are more vigorous and have their babies so quickly we can't get there in time. So God was good to the midwives, and the Israelites continued to multiply, growing more and more powerful. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. Then Hebrew, Hebrew, then Pharaoh gave this order to all his people, throw every newborn Hebrew boy into yeah. the Nile River, but you may let the girls live. Exodus chapter 2, the birth of Moses. About this time, a man and a woman from the tribe of Levi got married. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She saw that he was a special baby and kept him hidden for three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she got a basket made of papyrus reeds and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. She put the baby in the basket, laid it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile River. The baby's sister stood at a distance watching to see what would happen to him. Soon Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe in the river, and her attendants walked along the riverbank. When the princess saw the basket among the reeds, she sent her maid to go get it for her. When the princess opened it, she saw the baby. The little boy was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This must be one of the Hebrew children, she said. And the baby's sister approached the princess. Should I go and find one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you, she asked. Yes, do, the princess replied. So the girl went and called the baby's mother. Take this baby and nurse him for me, the princess told the baby's mother. I will pay you for your help. So the woman took her baby home and nursed him. Later, when the boy was older, his mother brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter, who adopted him as her own son. The princess named him Moses, for she explained, I lifted him out of the water. Moses escapes to Midian. Many years later, when Moses had grown up, he went out to visit his own people, the Hebrews, and he saw how hard they were forced to work. During his visit, he saw an Egyptian beating one of his fellow Hebrews. After looking in all directions to make sure no one was watching, Moses killed the Egyptian and hid the body in the sand. The next day, when Moses went out to visit his people again, he saw two Hebrew men fighting. Why are you beating up your friend? Moses said to the one who had started the fight. The man replied, Who appointed you to be our prince and judge? Are you going to kill me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday? Moses, then Moses was afraid, thinking, Everyone knows what I did. And sure enough, Pharaoh heard what had happened, and he tried to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in the land of Midian. When Moses arrived in Midian, he sat down beside a well. Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters who came, as usual, to draw water and fill the water troughs for their father's flocks. But some, of, some other shepherds came and chased them away. So Moses jumped up and rescued the girls from the shepherds, and then he drew the water for their flocks. When the girls returned to Reuel, their father, he asked, Why are you back so soon today? An Egyptian re rescued us from the shepherds, they answered. And then he drew water for us and watered our flocks. Then where is he? the father asked. Why did you leave him there? Invite him to come and eat with us. Moses accepted the invitation, and he settled there, and he, and he settled there with him. In time, Reuel gave Moses his daughter Zipporah to be his wife. Later, she gave birth to a son, and Moses named him Gershom, for he explained, I have been a foreigner in a foreign land. Years passed, and the king of Egypt died, but the Israelites continued to grow, groan under the weight, groan under their burden of slavery. They cried out for help, and their cry rose up to God. God heard their groaning, and he remembered his covenant promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He looked down on the people of Israel and knew it was time to act. Exodus chapter 3, Moses and the burning bush. One day, Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of the bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. 
This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see it. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush. Hmm. Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses replied. Do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord told him, I've certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I've heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I'm aware of their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey, the land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites now live. Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me, and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abuse them. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people Israel out of Egypt. But Moses protested to God, Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? God answered, I'll be with you, and this is your sign that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. But Moses protested, If I go to the people of Israel and tell them, The God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask me, What is his name? Then what should I tell them? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Say this to the people of Israel, Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my eternal name, my name to remember for all generations. Now go and call together all the elders of Israel. Tell them, Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, has appeared to me. He told me, I've been watching closely, and I see the Egyptians, are how they're treating you. I promise to rescue you from your oppression in Egypt. I will lead you to a land flowing with milk and honey, the land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites now live. The elders of Israel will accept your message. Then you and the elders must go to the king of Egypt and tell them, The Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has met with us. So please, let us take a three-day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless a mighty hand forces him. So I will raise my hand and strike the Egyptians, performing all kinds of miracles among them. Then at last, he will let you go. And I will cause the Egyptians to look favorably on you. Then they will give you gifts when you go, so you will not leave empty-handed. Every Israelite woman will ask for articles of silver and gold and fine clothing from her Egyptian neighbors and from the foreign women in their houses. You will dress your sons and daughters with these, stripping the Egyptians of their wealth. Okay, let's jump forward now. John chapter 11, verses 1 through 17. The raising of Lazarus. A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God, so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. Finally, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. But his disciples objected. Rabbi, they said, only a few days ago, the people in Judea were trying to stone you. Are you, are you going there again? Jesus replied, there are 12 hours of daylight every day. During the day, people can walk safely. They can see because they have the light of this world. But at night, there is danger of stumbling because they have no light. Then he said, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but now I will go and wake him up. 
Then the disciples said, Lord, if he's sleeping, he'll soon get better. They thought that Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping, but Jesus meant Lazarus had died. So we told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there. For now you'll really believe. Come, let's go see him. Thomas, nicknamed the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let's go too and die with Jesus. <laughs> when Jesus arrived at Beth Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in his grave for four days. And, and that, that is our reading today. today. Mm, poor Lazarus. Mm. Oh, I hope I hope things turn around for him. Come on. Man. Cliffhanger, Eric. Yeah. Cliffhanger. It's kind of tough to... Woo. Shoot, I wonder what happens. Hey, so we read that. We did. The first three chapters of the book of Exodus and half of a chapter of John. We read that with two questions of mine. How does this help me love God more? And how does this help me love others more? So, Chip, how does this help you love God more? Well, I got, I got two things to say. If I can find my little... So we were in... We just finished the Lazarus story. And I really, I just want to mention this. I really love what he said. There it is. Um, Jesus, no, he, uh, Lazarus' sickness will not end a death. No, it happened for the glory of God yep. so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. Yep. So and God you know, can bring glory out of anything. Mm -hmm. I love him more for that. That's awesome. He brings glory out of all kinds of things that are painful for us, but he brings glory and he deserves glory. We don't understand it all the time, but... He gets it and deserves the glory that can come from it. Now, I did mark something in our earlier reading, in the first three chapters of Exodus, if I can just find it real quick. Um, oh, yeah. Exodus 1. Eventually, a new king came to power in Egypt who knew nothing about Joseph or what he had done. Yeah. And I just kind of wrote down, I, you know why I love God more? Because God hadn't forgotten. God knows all about Joseph. God knows what he had done. You know, so, you know, even though people will forget and our name will pass away and our works will be gone at some point here on this earth and no one will remember what we did, God will always, rem always remember. And I love that about him. So that what I do today for him, it does matter for all of eternity mm -hmm. because he doesn't forget. Yeah. You know, he always remembers. He sees everything and he appreciates everything. And so even though like this, was, Joseph was nobody to this king, he was still everything to God. And so we all can say that, Yeah. you know, we might not be anybody to this person or this boss, you know, or this neighbor sure. or, or this you know, person in our life, this coworker, you know, even though we did all these great things, it's, they don't, doesn't mean anything to them, but it does to God. And so we do it for him. And that's why we put him first in all that we say and all that we do. It's amazing. Yeah. Good point. So how does this help you love others more, Eric? Okay. So, um, I'm not saying that we should like ignore other people when they're hurting. That's not what I'm saying. Okay, good. So zoom out from that. Mm -hmm. Jesus ignored Lazarus's sickness because Jesus was putting the plan of God first. Yeah. Um, so again, I'm not saying that because we don't we don't have that knowledge or the ability to bring people back once they're gone. So like, you know, I'm not saying that we should ignore people, but a, he loved Lazarus. He loved Mary and Martha in such a way that he was willing to say, I'm going to put the plan of God first and trust that God is going to take care of this situation. Mm -hmm. I think one way that I can love other people better is by putting the plan of God first. Instead of, hey, I'm all about the plan of God, the plan of God, the plan of God, and then as soon as someone has some hardship, I'm like, hey, abandon the plan of God and let's like do something else. So let me give you an example. If one of my friends comes to me, a believer comes to me and says, hey, I, we're struggling financially. We're not going to be able to give this month. Mm there's a part of me that goes, hey, I get it, you know, take care of yourself and, you know, whatever. 
But what's the plan of God? The plan of God is for them to be faithful mm. and continue giving mm. in that time, you know? And so that would be my encouragement. Instead of saying, yeah. oh yeah, well, dude, take your tithe, go pay your bills. Like that's what you need to do. Yeah. You say, hey, this is your moment to trust God. This is your moment to put the plan of God first and mm. see what happens here. Um, and watch, watch, because I'm telling you right now, yeah. God will take care of you. And there's a million other things, right? Like oh. we could, you know, hey, I'm... So many. Why did you start drinking so heavily? Well, I was going through a hard time and I really needed to cope somehow. Oh, okay. Well, I get that. Yeah, that's fine then. Yeah. No, a, no. Good, a good friend, a yeah. person who loves others, puts the plan of God first and demonstrates that in those relationships. So mm -hmm. I can love others better by putting the plan of God first, even if I think yeah. superficially that there's another way. Yeah. Because there isn't. Yeah. The plan of God's it. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. So he could have gone and healed Lazarus. That's good. But think of all the people that wouldn't have got to see what happens next that we didn't read today. Yeah. You know. So I just think. Yeah. He, he even said, "I'm glad I wasn't there because mm -hmm. now you're really going to believe." And he's talking to his disciples. Now you're really going to believe. Hmm. And then Thomas even makes a snide comment after that because yeah. he didn't believe. You know. That's true. So yeah, I can love that's others good. better by putting the plan of God first. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's good. Stick to the plan. Yeah. Yeah. That 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 money thing's good. You know and. Um, you know, we're, we're in January, so the heating bill could be more this month sure. than last month. Yep. And so the temptation is, okay, um, okay, it, it's $40, $50, $60 more than last month, mm -hmm. but that's not in my budget. So I'm just going to like, you know, take from God, you know, that money and put it there. But, you know, really sticking to the plan, it says, no, God's first and he's going to help me figure out this mm -hmm. $50, $60 or whatever it is. We give, we give it to God. Stick to the plan. I love Absolutely. that. Absolutely. That's good. Absolutely. Stick to yeah. the plan, man. Yeah. So stick to the plan of God. And you can love others by keeping that plan first and foremost. And I wrote down what you said too, Chip, that God doesn't forget what we've done, even when other people do. Yeah. So I think that's cool. That's All right. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for joining us today. Have a good one. Yeah. Very proud of all of you. Happy birthday, Dad. Uh, second shout out to Rachel. Good job. Thank you for joining us this year. Mm -hmm. And guys, share this around. Share it. We've got like 100 people listening a day. Woo 200 when Glenda's reading. Yeah, I know. She's going to get her own show, Eric. I tell you, she's already in negotiations. Yes, Fireside yeah. Bible with yeah. Glenda. She did do a tremendous job. Yeah, so That's what I hear. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be amazing. So I just uh, encourage you guys, share this around. Okay. Put the plan of God first. He, he wants his people reading his word. So do what you can to get people on board with reading their Bibles, on board with listening to Chip and Eric, if you think that'll work for them. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, we can't wait to read to you again tomorrow. Amen. Bye. Bye.